Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups. And my guest today is Taylor Lane. Taylor, thanks for joining Rising Tide. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So tell our listeners a little bit about Taylor Lane and, and maybe where you are right now. Yes, absolutely. So I'm Taylor Lane. I'm the founder of Remote Like Me. I teach people how to find and land remote jobs. It's one of the best jobs in the world, I think. Um, and right now I'm in Antigua, Guatemala. Uh, I used to say that I'm a digital nomad with a home base, but I pretty much live here. Um, I fell in love with the country and the city of Antigua, and now I'm full on house mode. I have a cat. She may or may not show up here with her voice or, or walking across the laptop. If all my cat lovers out there know what I mean, they don't have any boundaries. But now I'm, I'm just for real living in Guatemala. So I would say I am an expatriate. Um, I'm originally from the U.S., from Connecticut, and I was a elementary school teacher. And I always knew that I wanted to teach until I started teaching, and I didn't want to anymore. <laughs> um, and so I pretty much packed up my life quit the life that I knew and I made my way down here to Guatemala on some volunteer opportunities. And then I decided that I wanted to live here. I ran out of money. This is the usual like expat story, right? Ran out of money and said, I need a location to get independent income. And so I found my remote job. I worked for them for about a year. They were a European company with a fully distributed team. And I worked in customer success for those who are interested in where I got started. Um, that's a great place to start, by the way, if you have no experience. And then I, uh, I started helping people do the same thing that I had done a year ago, which is just go with the skills that you have and look for remote work. And it had been getting so much more popular and popular to be a digital nomad per se. So I just really went with, with the wave and I decided to do this as a business. Um, and then, yeah, it's been a couple years since I've been uh, just full-time working my business. And now I have uh, a signature course and monthly membership programs for people who want to go remote. And that's what I do full-time, take people who want to be location independent for whatever reason. Could be working from home, could be, uh, you know, obsessed with travel like I was and really needed at the time. For whatever reasons, maybe some people are disabled, they have autoimmune diseases, and they really need a laptop job. Sure. So I, I help a variety of different people go through the step-by-step -step process to get a remote job that aligns with them. So you, you just unpacked so much in about two <laughs> minutes there. So I, I, I mean, about 18 questions went through my mind as you were talking. I'm thinking, okay, remember these when she goes, yeah, and they just zoomed by, and I'm thinking, I lost that one. I got to grab the next one. So... Take us back to that moment you said, I wanted to be a teacher until I became a teacher, and then I didn't want to be a teacher anymore. So, so walk us through that day where you're sitting there and you have your students in front of you and you're going, I hate this. Mm. I've got to do something else. What was going through your mind? Because I'm sure this will resonate with so many people. Yeah, I wish it happened like that. I wish it was like hit me like a lightning bolt. And then I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'll go to Guatemala. Um, it was a very hard transition because what had happened was I was getting my master's degree. So I do have my master's degree mm -hmm. in elementary education. And I had wanted that my whole life. Like I, I have videos from, you know, the old video cameras that I don't know if you can even watch them anymore. My family adores them. That of me sitting in front of stuffed animals with like an upside down book. And I'm like, <laughs> be quiet now. This is the best part of the story. And I'm just teaching when I'm, you know, four or five years old. I don't know what I'm doing. I was just meant for it. And it was really heartbreaking when I started teaching and I was like, 
okay, I guess this is what they mean by like, you have your whole life to work. It's going to feel really normal. It's going to feel, feel really blah. Uh, that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. So I had randomly gotten an opportunity. Um, I mean, as fate would have it, not so random, right? But at the time, I just thought it was random. An opportunity to volunteer with people with special needs in Guatemala, because that's what I did in my summertime in the States. Okay. And a connection through there had told me there's a great one, uh, a camp for people with disabilities down in Guatemala. Same vibe, same everything. And they'd love to have you. They'd love to have some help. I did not know Spanish. I'd never been out of the country before besides on a cruise. Doesn't count. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I didn't know what I was getting into. I fell in love with just the feeling of, oh my gosh, there's a whole world out here that I had no idea about. And when I got back to finish my master's degree, I had pretty much already decided, like, I will do anything to get back there. And that's when I kind of went into a depression, to be honest. Mm. I have never struggled with that in my life. However, I, I do understand now what people mean by a lack of, like, desire for life. Like there was nothing because I knew I was in the wrong country. Like I was just in the wrong life and I knew it. And I was lucky to know that. And it hit me so young, but at that, from that point on, um, I was just kind of torn and it wasn't until one of my grad professors had told me, why don't you just go there then? And like, you don't have to be a teacher, finish your degree because that's what your family's telling you to do. And that, you know, that would be stupid because all this money into it, you have four or five months left, finish it. And while you're doing that, come up with a plan to go there. Like, why why not? And she just kind of gave me that verbal permission. And then I got excited. And then I just started moving everything in my life to to realize this dream. And and that's how how I got here. So walk me through that phone call where you you call your parents and or you call your family and go, oh, uh, by the way, thanks. Yeah. Thanks for walking me through my master's degree. I am going to peace out. Deuces, I'm headed to Guatemala. Yeah. So I kind of had like to, I I kind of had to pretend that I didn't know this was going to be the rest of my life. I knew for sure. But even if I said so, no one would have believed me. They were like, sure, go try it out. You're going to live in third world country and you're going to be like, I want to come home. That was nice. But it was like a, we'll see you at Christmas. But I I knew no one would even believe me. So I'm not gonna say my breath, right? So I went down there and I said, I'm going to give a three month trial period of living there, not just do my volunteer experience, which I still do every single year in November, but past that, I'm going to give it a trial. And so basically I Skype called them to tell them that I had moved to Guatemala once I was already there. I was like, so my three months is up and I will not be coming home. And um, now they'll be called visits whenever I want to come. Okay. Hope you're on board. <laughs> okay. We're getting static now. It's, the internet's going out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Like they were like, uh, maybe we should do the call tomorrow. Did you like eat something that made you sick? I'm like, no, this is who I am now. I live in Guatemala. <laughs> so did you have anybody else that was kind of in your same you know, mental space that, that you were kind of bouncing this off of, or you just no. went complete solo. I went rogue, went as they rogue. called it. Wow. They were like, she's going for it. Like, I don't know, maybe to some people who already knew me, it might've been called a phase. Mm-hmm. And now they look at my life and they're like, oh, it's so weird to see how that was happening. And you were so sure about it. Um, but but the, this is one of the things and I know that you wanted to touch on some advice that I would have given myself in the very beginning of this whole lifestyle shift. And I thought about it and I thought, well, I really like how it turned out. Mm 
like I'm really happy with with the way that things turn out. I had I had a lot of bumps in the road. I had a lot of um, moments where I didn't know if I was crazy for doing this or not, and I had a lot of fights with my family, like tears, screaming fights, nobody understanding me, kind of feeling, and. I wouldn't give myself any business advice in the beginning because I think I just was like running on inspiration fumes and it all turned out for the best. However, personally, and to anyone out there who's going through a major lifestyle shift, just expect people to not understand and don't make it such a per like purpose in your life to make them understand because that is just such a relentless failure game. I mean, there's nothing that you can do to make them understand you and why you're doing this or what you're doing. And they've got to come around slowly to the new person that you are. If you're really up leveling spiritually, if you're moving abroad, if you're starting a business and saying to everyone who's always heard you say you want to be a teacher, uh, screw that. I'm, I'm ready for something else. And, and the answer is, oh, I don't actually know what it is, but I'll like tell you when I find out, of course, they're going to they love you and, and they don't want to see you fail. And it's, it's just the way that we're wired to try to protect somebody from like falling off the ledge of a cliff, but they don't know you're about to fly. And to be fair, you don't know either. So yeah. just give them co the compassion to, to know that, you know, that they love you and understanding is going to come later. If not, maybe, maybe never. And that doesn't mean that you can't still have the relationship. It, it's just very tricky. And, and I would say like, Something that I learned this year is that the first act of war is defense. And as soon as you get defensive about your life, you are starting a war with the other person. And oftentimes it's, it's our parents, it's our significant other, it's our, our children maybe. And we just get so defensive because we're so sure about something. And, and we actually love the idea so much that we just get so defensive and we actually push people further and further away from understanding us. So it, it's no, um, there's no coincidence that this year, I mean, my parents have had so many, so much time, like three and a half years. And so have all my other family members and my friends and myself, you know, I've given it three and a half years sure. to like really sink in that, that this is what I do now. And everything is so much more relaxed. Nobody is like taking jabs at my lifestyle and being like, so, what do you, I don't get it. So how do you make money? So technically, um, do you live here or not? You know, those kind of questions like that just actually, you just put off the energy to welcome those kind of, those kind of energies in, into your life. So I would say like, if I could go back three and a half years, I would have just calmed down and said, I know you're not going to understand, understand right now, but I don't love you any less. And I would not like to get in an argument about it. Let's go on to the next subject. <laughs> that, that is such great advice. And I, as you were as you were kind of recounting that story, I was thinking, I wonder how many times that you receive that reaction. And I'm not necessarily talking about immediate family, but but somebody that would react that way that that actually was thinking in the back of their mind, man, I wish I had the guts to do this. Exactly. They're going, you know, you know I you kind of hate they, you because you're yeah. doing this. You know, I yes, wish I could. You know, yeah. Yes, exactly. It's like an envy thing, and it it comes out in like, oh, I want to protect you from doing that because I I don't think it's possible for me. So therefore it's not possible for you. Oh, wow, and so yeah. I'm just going to block, block you from that. Yep. Um, and yeah, like I said, like bless and release that because mm -hmm. that's not your responsibility to make anyone understand where you're going. Yeah. And there, I mean, there's obviously separation pain, you know, of, you know, you, you probably had had lived fairly close to where your family was, was for a, you know, probably virtually your entire life. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, I mean, Guatemala could be the moon 
Yes. And a slash, no one even know, no, knew where it was. I was like, guys, I'm, it, it'd be like, you know, going to Cancun just a little bit more south, you know? It's not like I'm <laughs> a little bit of a ride. Hop in the pond, you know? But yeah. it was it was ludicrous at, the, at that time for them. And just a little note, like, I had never even lived by myself, mm. ever. Mm. I, I had gone to college, but is that really living on your own? I don't think so. Sure. But And then for my whole master's degree, um, for the whole year, I was living with my parents. Mm -hmm. So for them, it was like, you know, you're moving out and it's to another country where you don't speak the language and you don't have a job there and you're just going rogue. And I was like, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> buckle up, buttercup. Here we go. Yeah. Right. So, so walk us through kind of the, just really quickly, walk us, walk us through the kind of the, the initial transition stage. So I, I know you had spent some time in Guatemala. You spent a summer or whatever before. So you knew you wanted to go back. So you went there and then tried to find a way to sustain your, your life or you yes. working on that before you left or no. what was the, what was the <laughs> process there? So you, I mean, visa wise, I mean, just show up at the airport, yeah. got your three month tour, travel visa or tourist visa and said, you know what, I can, I can extend this in three months or what was yes. the process? <laughs> Literally what happened? So I did no planning. My plan was to save enough while I was in the U.S. so that I, I would have kind of that three-month buffer because to right. my parents, I was doing a three-month trial. So technically, sure. I had to have three months of living in my bank. However, I knew that after those three months, I also needed money. Um, so what happened was when I came here, I knew that you get 90 days and then you can leave the country um, and come right back and get That's another story, 90 days. Yeah. It's not right. like other countries where you have to spend equal amount of time outside and sure. then you can come back in. It's like 48 hour rule. So they're very generous with America. This is for Americans at least in Central mm -hmm. America and all the Central American countries. So, uh, so when I came here, I had my volunteering that I was doing, um, uh, for about one month. And then after that, I started bartending. I had never bartended my whole life. I was just like, getting paid cash to help out with some other expats who also didn't know what they were doing, but they needed money mm -hmm. and very little amount of money. And I was just happy to be in Guatemala. Like that was as far as my brain went. And then a couple months of that, I was like, this sucks. I didn't come to Guatemala to bartend. <laughs> and so that's when I started, um, you know, really looking at the digital nomad opportunity. And I actually found my job on Instagram, which is a strategy that I teach now. And I basically just like found by interest, the hashtags, digital nomad, remote work, remote team, remote worker, remote job. And I just fell down a rabbit hole and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And I actually found it, uh, ended up finding a bunch of companies that had listed their team pictures where they go on retreats and stuff and just, uh, you know, laptop lifestyle, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Right. And I just went to their actual company page and saw that most of them had entry level customer service positions available. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I'm going for it. And you know, it, it's, it's crazy because now I teach people how to align with the right opportunity right. and go after that. And I'm really about not just putting yourself out there and seeing what will, what will come to you because we often like make the wrong decisions and we're, you just get so excited that it's any remote job that we take something that we're going to quit later and then just, you know, get right back in the beginning again. Yep. And not only that, not aligning with the right opportunities can make you feel like everything you are seeing is not for you and you're not cut out for this and you're going nowhere and you're spinning your wheels. I get that a lot. So now it's crazy how much I, I really see what I did 
accidentally, you know, three and a half, four years ago, which is, I just knew that I needed a company who saw my personality and my value of I'm a people person and I can do any job. I don't have, I don't have like any skill besides I can have any skill. Like I learn very fast and I will be good at anything that I do. And I'm not saying that to be cocky, but I believe that about myself. And so I needed a company who also believed that. And I only applied for companies that seemed like they were for me. Mm-hmm. And if I had gone for other companies who needed someone with three-year experience, or if that's all of the jobs that I looked at and stopped myself, held myself back from applying to any that actually were for me because I was just too overwhelmed with looking at things that said I wasn't good enough all day long, right. then I wouldn't have gotten that so quickly. And when I talked to my hiring manager after they hired me, and then when I started my business, I had many conversations with them about why they picked me. Mm -hmm. Um, and they were like, you were just so confident that this was the job for you that we just couldn't say no. You were just very calm and confident about it, that this was the role that you were going to be taking. And I was like, yeah, that's true. That's That's really how I felt. Now this was like a Dutch company that you, this Lithuanian. Okay. So I can just imagine they're having their HR meeting going, this brash American keeps telling us how awesome she is (laughs) and how she's doing such a great job. That's right. We We need a little bit, a little difference here. We need a little diversity in our our workforce here. But Mm -hmm. you, I mean, did you know that you obviously didn't know at the time, I mean, the things you were doing were going to lead to what you're doing today. I mean, all the, all the, you know, the, the things that work, things that didn't work, you've got, you know, notebooks full of notes and places and, and you know, digital records of, of companies you've looked up and, and jobs you've, you've at least researched and that type of thing. So what was the transition from, yeah. from your, your, you know, I'm a remote worker to I'm teaching people how to find remote jobs? Yeah, I would have never guessed, even when I had my remote job, that I would be helping people get remote jobs. Like HR was not something that I like, you know, held up a piece of paper in preschool and said, I want to be a human resources person. Okay, Bear, you're going to play this role. (laughs) Right. Hippo, you're going to be this one. It came upon me like just by friends asking and family asking and being so flabbergasted that they didn't know that remote jobs were available. And I think what, what we see is, you know, the Instagram lifestyle is just like travel bloggers or really techie people like programmers who can literally pick up any job anywhere. They're so valuable. Kudos to them. But if you can't code and you don't want to be a lifestyle blogger, what can you do? You know, Mm. and I was like, are you aware that there are literal employment jobs available where you can do what you're doing in the office now for a fully distributed company and just do it from your laptop? I mean, there's literally no difference, no difference in salary. There's a difference in the way you do your job, but there's no reason why you can't have that. And people were just astonished. Like they, they just had no idea. And so I started a free newsletter. This was like six months, five months before I started the, the actual company as, as my full-time business. And um, I just started a newsletter called The Weekly Roundup, where I would put jobs in there. And I worked for an email marketing company, uh, MailerLite. That was the company. Mm-hmm. And so I knew how to make a landing page for free. I knew how to make a newsletter. I knew how to get people to sign Had up. all the software. Right. <laughs> and right. they were pumped about it. They were like, tell, you know, tell us how it grows and we can use it as a case study. And, and, the, and they were like really, um, 
really crucial in, in my beginning phases. And I was just doing it to help the people. And I mean, that's how all great things start, right? And then sure. after a month, I started charging for it. Uh, pennies, literally pennies. Yeah, I was going to say, how did you arrive at that? And what's year, the price? I, I mean, you know, what, I'm sorry, yeah. what did you say? It was a year? $15 a year, yeah. I think I, w- and I was And some people it. balked at that, didn't they? Oh, some people were like, well, how do you know I'm going to, I'm like, I literally, I just put this out four weeks ago and like three people already got jobs. Let's just do it. Like, I'm just the kind of person that doesn't even listen to those people. I'm like, if it's for you, it's for you. Um, and that, and that, that was the transition. It it really was out of nowhere. And then as, as I got started with the jobs, I just realized, well, the, the, you know, half the problem is where to find the jobs. And the other half of the problem is how to land them because I landed mine pretty quickly. And I figured out through rejections, what I wasn't doing correctly. I made a video application because I had no skills. <laughs> no, not that I had no skills, I had no experience to right. put right. on my resume. So I made a video that said, don't even bother looking at my resume, here are three reasons why you should hire me, and they're, this is the only thing you need to pay attention to. And that's how I got my job. So I started teaching people what remote companies really care about in these applications from my personal experience, and then that helped more and more people get remote jobs than actually my, my newsletter. So Did that's how I the- then, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's how I then awesome. got into that side of things. So that so that's why now my business is how to how to find and land remote jobs. And right. if I had never, this is why I always tell people starting a business, you don't know what your business is actually going to be product wise. You have no idea, and that's the best news. All you have to do is start with something that you know that is a pain point yep. for your for your subscribers or for your audience, and then they will push it where they need the help, especially in the coaching scene. Um, so it was really easy to then turn it into a full-fledged business with courses and programs. So when you transitioned and you started thinking about, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go from, say, practitioner to like sensei here. I mean, how did you, <laughs> how did you um, what research did you do? Did you start calling companies and talking to their HR departments saying, hey, this is what I'm trying to start. I'm trying to help people find remote jobs. Did you even think about the the, I guess the employer side that's saying, you know, maybe I'm charging a fee to help them locate, you know, remote workers, remote employees, almost like a, Mm -hmm. like an executive search or, you know, a remote worker search firm or something like that. What was, what was kind of the pieces that you put in place or did you focus solely on those that are trying to find a job? That's a great question because I've come up against this, this uh, wall many times in my business and it, FYI for anyone who's listening who has a business that could be consumer side or business side, like B2B or B2C. Right. Um, if you started in B2C and you're going and you're starting to think about B2B, you're probably going to do it for the money. So just stop because that's what I was doing at every step of the way. When that question would come up, I could start a firm where I would place people instead of be a coach that teaches career skills for life that you can mm. always use right. um, that I personally get more fulfillment from and I see working really well. Uh, it's a personal experience with me and it's, it's kind of like I'm your accountability, I'm your inspiration and I'm also like that voice inside your head instead of uh, another program where you can upload your resume and you get placed quote unquote. So I have thought about it many times. I've talked to people. I've, uh, gotten opinions from my other business friends and they all say go for it but guess what happens i'm not going for it um so i have never swayed and the reason is because i work with people who have been wronged by recruiters so many times and yes there are great recruiters out there who really care about the person that they are servicing but 
let's not forget what their role is. Their role is to make the placement and then they get commission from the salary that they're offering the person that is serviced. So um, even the most kind-hearted and heart-centered recruiters still are playing a two-sided game. And I just said to myself, I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person who's saying, let's look at these 10 companies and I'm going to help you craft your application for them. I'm going to help you network. I'm going to give you my network of people I know. That's also what I bring to the table. Like, just talk to this person. They are literally in the role that you want to be in at a different company and they can tell you what they had to do to get there. All of that kind of stuff. I want to be really focused on that and not in the back of my mind go, well, if I just pushed her towards the blah, blah, blah position, then I would get a payout. Um, and so that was just kind of my sub my conscious coming up every single time. And I realized I was wasting time even thinking about that idea. So wow. no, I don't do the, the business side of things, the B2B, and um, I probably never will. So I, it never ceases to amaze me. I, I sit on this side of the camera, this side of the microphone, and I ask a question and I, and invariably somewhere during the interview, I'm just blown away. And I, I, that answer is, is a superb answer. And thank and you for asking me it. <laughs> from the, yeah. And that was not a plant. That was not a, that was not a, a one of the questions we discussed that before. So, but that was, I, I mean, you, you didn't even hesitate when you answer that question. I, I know that, you know, to be able to answer at that level and, and that quickly and that concisely and that uh, thoroughly, that's got to be the very fiber of your being that, that yeah. causes you to feel that way. And I, I just, I really want to encourage you in that, that, that that will speak volumes, not not just to the business side of things, but just to the human side of things. I mean, just the the people that work with you will will certainly feel and sense that. Yes. And so I, I mean, we could end right now, and we'd have a ten out of ten. And but you've got more to share with us, so let's let's transition a little bit. I take a little deeper dive here in, into into the mind of Taylor Lane. And so tell me who online. Um, is, is a person that really inspires you? Like, is there one person on, on, in, online and give me kind of a one line, this is why? Oprah is my idol. Oprah is such a grounded spiritual person who is honestly like a career woman for the ages. She's just a, an amazing example of what can happen when you lead with who you are and you never go back. Once you show up with who you are, people love you for it. And then you continue to do that. And, and just like we just talked about, you make decisions from actually who you are rather than what would be uh, expected of you or, uh, or what the next business move would be. And she just, she's an incredible woman. And I listen to her podcast. I'm a podcast junkie straight up. I listen to so many podcasts and hers is one that I never miss. It's the super soul conversations. The guests she has are amazing. And she always just makes me feel like, um, looking inward is always the first step when you're asking yourself any question about your business and how you can serve. So she's definitely someone that I just keep playing over and over again. That is, that's amazing. I mean, and she is, she's, I mean, is wide in the, in her interests and the things that she does. And I mean, she, she really is just the quality of, of production and I mean, beating the odds. I mean, there's so many things you could say about, yes. about her path. Is there a, uh, is there an inspiring quote, like something you got taped up by your laptop on the wall that you look at every day and you think, yeah, this, 
that uh, maybe written on your hand. I mean, something. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, that, that's funny that you just said it because I was just going to give you a different answer, but I'll just say two really quick. Uh, so what I was going to say um, was something that I tell my students all the time, which is everything you want is on the other side of action. And mm. that comes from the quote, it's usually written with a strikeout on fear because everyone says everything you want is on the other side of fear. And right. I actually think that everything that you want is on the other side of action because if anyone tells you that overcoming fear is actually a thing it's not it's called you face your fear and you do it anyway and then you come up with different fears at different levels of your life and it's not like you hop over a line one day and then everything you want is there however once you get into action you will keep crossing you know those those finish lines um, so that, so that is like one of my favorite things that I tell people. But you just said what's written on your hand. Um, so I have a, an arm tattoo, and it says, for people who are just listening, it says, you'll live another day. And that is a quote from my grandmother. She used to say that she's passed away now, and she used to say that to me at all stages in my life. When I would fall down when I was three years old, she used to say, ah, you'll live another day. Um, when I was a teenager and a boy broke up with me, she, she said the same thing. When I was older and I would get fired from a job or something wouldn't go my way in college, she would say, you'll live another day, won't you? And we would kind of just laugh about it. Um, and she is just the most inspiring person in my life um, since I was born. So when, when she was diagnosed with cancer, I'll never forget, I, I flew home from Guatemala. And this is very wrapped up in why I um, started coaching people so heavily and decided that this was the path for me was because at the same time that I was starting my business as an actual thing, my mm -hmm. grandma got diagnosed with cancer. And so I flew home to Connecticut and I took care of her. I took her to all of her chemo appointments. And that was so special to me that I was the person in my family who could do that. Um, and then that really just set my soul on fire for anyone who wanted that, that kind of lifestyle. God forbid that happens to you and your family, you can always be there. And, um, you know, without it taking over or, you know, uh, kind of making another route in your sure. career path, sure. you know, and for people who are the providers, uh, you, you can't do that when, when someone gets sick, you, you have to still provide financially. So that, that really, um, kind of evolved to another level for me when, when this happened, but when I flew home, I opened the door and it was a big surprise for her. And I said, I don't know. I said something. We we're just always joking. Like, what did you go and do this time? Like, come on, cancer. Are you kidding me? And, uh, and she said, Oh, you know me, I'll live another day. And now I just burst into tears. And, mm -hmm. and that was her whole, she, she lived one year with pancreatic cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you know much about it, but that's about as far as you, as yeah. you get. Yeah. And, and that's what she said. Every time things got tough, she just said, I'll live another day. So I got a tattoo on my arm and, uh, and it's a good reminder. So, I want to I want to take a step back and then we're going to we're going to jump into the micro course section of of uh, our our conversation here but there's one one thing I wanted to circle back on and um you know you talked about when you when you are sharing with people about hey you, do you realize that you can do your job you know remotely or you can you know, with a with a fully dispersed team or whatever so walk me through the process of somebody like what do you think is the most common questions or objections that that when you let I mean you're coaching me right now I, I've, mm -hmm. I've got a I've got a job you know just pick pick a job pick you know pick something that you think like me in my hat here yeah whatever whatever, whatever it is and, and just say and I'm, I'm let's just do just a real quick role play here so um, what would be some of the things that I would say would be 
my biggest fears, my biggest objections. I mean, you're not necessarily trying to talk me into it, but you're certainly trying to, to answer questions or whatever. What would be something yes. that might come up? Okay. So when I do my first sessions with clients um, or with course students or members, it's usually breaking down those fears. So it's a good question. There are, there are several. One is, um, can I really get paid the same amount as I am in the office working remotely? And that is because we have built a society that is dependent on 40 hours of work that your boss can see and yeah. going to meetings and producing reports on what you've done. I mean, to me, this is ludicrous. This is yeah. absolutely insane. And in the remote world- I knew world, I liked you the first time I saw you on Facebook. <laughs> in the remote world, this is not how things work. Things work like we are, we are dispersed wherever we are in whatever time zones. And mostly this is the project deadline and we are going to collaborate and we are going to get into action and we're not gonna worry about who's where at what time. And that does not devalue your skill set. And so for a person who's been growing up in a capitalist society where this is the norm of being in an office and if your butt's not in that chair, you might as well have not worked that day because yeah. people are resenting you or thinking that you were, you know, at Starbucks just chilling instead of doing your work. This is very hard to believe that their skill set is still as valuable and you can get um, compensated the same amount when you're not doing those things. And so that is a, is a very big misconception that I often have to walk people through. So anyone listening, do not take remote jobs that are less than the salary that you're making in your office job right now, unless of course you're making a career transition into a different field. And sure. so often you do take a little yeah, bit. Take a little step back a little bit. Mm -hmm. So that, I mean, that's an interesting thing because it's almost like you were addressing the employer's objections as much as you're the employee's objections. So as an employee, I mean, would they have the same fears or they have the same thought process that says, I, I can't do this remotely because my boss wouldn't let me do this remotely because he yes, wouldn't believe I'm working been, type thing, you know? Yes, because they've been told that. And so while they know that remote is available by the time they get to me, they think that they'll be paid less because they don't truly believe that their skill set is the valuable part. It's not where you are and how, and how you show up physically in an office and, you know, like giving your life to the commute. Mm. Um, they also don't know about benefits remotely. So it's just, it, it's kind of like someone um, saying to you, you make money this way and you make your life this way. Did you know that you could also do that in this, you know, on this other highway? I don't know if you're using a road and they're like, but will all the same things be there? Will the money be there? Will I be going in the same direction? Will it feel as good? Will I, you know, have the map that I, that I did before? And it's all unknown. So it's just kind of uh, t telling people like, this is not some kind of phenomenon that is based on like witchcraft or something. This is just you doing your job. You can have benefits and healthcare. You can um, get taxes taken out of your paycheck at per usual if you are working remotely for a headquartered uh, company in your country and if not you're an independent contractor and the thing is independent contracting where you know in, if you're in the u.s you fill out a 1099 and you take your taxes out and save right. like a person right like we all should and so that <laughs> you're not slammed with them in april exactly um, but guess what that's what you do when you're a physically a location dependent exactly. uh, contractor as well. Right. It doesn't matter if you're from laptop. So it's just explaining these uh, kind of structures to people and letting them know, like you're just jumping on a different highway. You're not, you know, taking a detour to 
this like rainbow with a pot of gold that some leprechaun told you was possible, but you're just not really sure. It's a, it's an actual thing. I have got so many questions that I, I mean, so we booked a three hour interview here and uh, so I just, yeah, I'm going to have to have a part two. We're going to have to circle back with a part two. I would love a little to, bit. So um, what I want to do is I want to give you space to, to really kind of drill down here at the end in, a, in the section we kind of call the rising tide micro course. And uh, you know, I talked a little bit offline, but uh, I'm just really anxious to to see, you know, what you're going to to deliver for our listeners here and, and uh, you know, make sure you mention if there's a link that they can go to or a website they can go to 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 learn more, to to get the intro offer or whatever that is. But so touch on that. Um, you've got the floor. The mic's yours. Um, just, you know round out the interview with uh with our really a teaching session to to really drop even further value bombs for those that Absolutely. have have lasted through the through the interview here but uh, I, there's nobody that's hit the hit the pause or stop button on this i can promise you so <laughs> <laughs> awesome awesome okay for sure i love being able to to teach my craft and thank you for giving me the space to do that um and for those listeners who are still here i hope 100 that means that you are really interested in a remote job and, and you need some steps on how to get there and uh now that we've talked about kind of the scope of remote work and what it can do for your life let's talk about about what one does in order to find and land a remote job, just like I did a couple years ago, and just like I teach people to do on the daily now. So funny story, I don't take clients anymore, but what I did this year was I took my whole client process for personal reasons, <clears throat> burnout, and I turned <laughs> it into a free masterclass for people. And I said, I want to impact as many people as possible. I don't want to impact one person per month or per week. That's not my speed. I want people to be able to take the information and do it DIY style. So I've, I've put my four step proven client process of how to go from zero to having a remote job um, in a one hour free masterclass. And you can just go to remotelikeme.com and it'll pop up and say, would you like to take the masterclass? Take it, sit down, it's one hour, take notes and create your action plan. There's a workbook that comes with it and you just literally write out your steps that you're going to do. So I will go through three of those steps today and I'll leave out the fourth one um, just for time's sake. And the fourth one, just so you know, is how to nail the interview and negotiate your salary. But the first three, what we're going to talk about is aligning with the right opportunity. So that means discovering what the heck you want, mm. what you are good at, um, and what's really worth striving for. And then step two is going to be where to find those jobs. Step three is going to be how to apply to stand out and what you can do to really boost your application because I famously say your resume is not enough and I will never stop saying that because I can't get it through people's heads enough. So step one, and I'm just going to go over some quick things in each, in each one because this is not my one hour masterclass. Okay. So if you want to dive deeper, go ahead on over to that. Um, so step one. What do you want to do? Discovering a remote job is the most over, um, overstepped step in, in the whole process. People don't even think of it. They go right to the search. They go right to job searching. And I would really suggest and recommend that you start from within. So what lights you up? What about your job do you hate? What about jobs in the past have someone asked you to do and you said no, no way. Or you said yes and you wish you said no. What are some things that make you feel energized when you think about having those skills and being able to do them? 
What are some companies that you really, really admire and why? They don't have to be remote, it just be any companies. Um, what are some missions that you can stand behind that really pump you up? And what are some values that you're looking for in the people that you're going to be working with virtually? Right, so big journal session. I have a worksheet in the, in the free masterclass for you to actually categorize that out. But what you're gonna do with this list is you're gonna say, what are my negotiables and what are my non-negotiables? So your non-negotiable might be, I need benefits. Point blank, I have responsibilities, I have people to take care of, I can't go without, without uh, healthcare or vision or, or dental, whatever. And then you've got your flexible situations. I would like to work in higher education, or I would like to work in a nonprofit, or I would like to be doing more visionary work than admin. You know, th those are some flexible things, right? And so from there, you can actually do a job search where you're looking at jobs through the lens of what you want, which automatically is better for manifestation, for those of you who know anything about manifestation, and you're already set up on the right path. So please do this. This is step one. Step two is where to find those jobs. So instead of spending all your time on job boards, so I'm not going to give you a list of my trusted job boards. I do go over that in the one-hour masterclass just in case anyone wants to waste their time. But I, because I know people just want that. But I really suggest that take up 50% of your job search time. Not your whole uh, career transition time. So that doesn't actually mean applying time and networking time and all that. It just means job search time. So it's very little amount of time on those job boards. Why? There's competition. You have to filter through things that you don't want in order to get what you do want or just a smidge of what you do want. And then by that, that time, you've already seen a bunch of roles that you don't like and it, it really gets in the way of manifesting what you want. And it gets in the way of your confidence. It gets in the way of, I can do this. All those feelings start to go away when you're just bombarded with lists and lists and lists of you know, marketing and programming jobs and you're like, oh, I'm a writer. That's great. Let's start from there instead. So what I suggest is doing strategic searching, which means getting on Google, accepting that Google is your best friend, and looking for lists of remote companies who fit the profile of what you want. So an example would be, for all my podcast uh, lovers out there, remote companies who work with podcasts or podcast marketing agencies remote, any of those kind of keywords. And you will get blog posts and lists that exist out there because remote jobs is such a hot topic, listing out remote companies who do this. Then you can see if your role or something close to your role is there. You can fill out an application that usually is called general application or an open application that a mm -hmm. lot of remote companies have that say, show us your stuff. Why do you want to work with us? Um, and that is a much better lead in than, well, I found you on this job board. And no, it's because I'm into what you do and you can use my skill yeah. and I'm a super amazing asset for you to have. And then what you do is you just see what you want, what you want, what you want, what you want. And even if you're not comfortable sending in a cold pitch or an open application, you can then put that website on your tracking sheet, which I also go over in the free masterclass and say, okay, check back in a month. This is a company that I'm really digging and let's see if they have anything in my department or in my uh, role interests in one month or two months time. Right. This is just so much better for job searching. Trust me on it. It's, it's much more enjoyable. It doesn't suck. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's what I really uh, suggest for searching. Number three is how to apply. 
You've got to get rid of your dinosaur age, white and black document resume. Please, everyone out there, just guilty as charged, hands up, admit it. It doesn't look good. Why? You it's not even accurate. To, it's not even truthful. <laughs> yes. And, and why you need to replace it with a designed resume, which I recommend canva.com, C-A-N-V-A.com. It's free. They have templates already. All you have to do is take one of my courses to know how to move the sections around and really make a case for why you're the best fit. But the templates are a great place to start at least. And they look well designed and that you just send them in as a PDF. And you know why that's so important? Because in a physical job search, you go into the office at some point and you shake their hand and you do the interview and they know if you are right or not. Do you ever think like, well, I went in for that interview for that job and I felt good. I felt like everything that they were asking me, I had an answer to. And then they said, you're not it. And you were like, wow, must have been something about me. That's something about you. Or on the other hand, the positive note, you had like no answers to their questions, but for some reason they just liked you. Yep. There's no palpable way to, to know that when you are applying for a remote job. And so knowing that they're never going to meet you usually before they hire you, if it's a local remote company, maybe, but usually no, you need a virtual handshake people. You need something that screams I am who I am, and that person is a perfect fit for your team. It's not trying to pretend to be something you're not. It's job searching with your true authentic self. It's picking colors and structures that really make your resume speak to who you are, where you've been, and why you're going forward in this path. And it honestly sets the bar for this person is technical, technically savvy, and we don't have to train them much because if you weren't aware, if you're going to be working on your computer, you have to know what a computer is. So you have to have a little bit of tech savviness and you have to want to learn about digital things. And so having a digital resume that looks like you fit the profile is so important. And people say, well, I've got my LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn built that. And most exactly. of the time, it's not looking so hot anyway. Exactly. So let's build a digital resume that is that virtual handshake that makes you stand out in the application process so that you can actually get to that interview and, and you know, have that, that experience where you find out if you are the real right fit or not. So those are my three things. Wow. And now you can breathe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did I want people to watch this on YouTube because I mean, you went into full teacher mode there. You, yeah. you had to, okay. I am. I'm my teacher. One, two. <laughs> That's right. You were very clear. The hand gestures fit exactly what you were trying to share with us. Yes. Me. I'm a video person. This is how I got my remote job. I'm just, I know it's for me and that this is the way that I do things. And this is the way all my courses and masterclass are built as well. It's me and video and text and PDF worksheets. And I'm like, get over on that worksheet girl and come back to me later. Like I am, I am a, so a video teacher. Um, so yes, watch this on YouTube people. <laughs> So if I was an employer and you sent me something and you had that, that same kind of verb in your kind of your video resume or whatever, I would be afraid not to hire you because I would think <laughs> I, I'm going to miss out if I don't hire her. And it really is, as you were talking, I mean, it's like, it's like I'm transitioning from, I'm trying to talk them into hiring me and, and still I'm actually trying to talk them into being afraid not to. Yes, I mean, exactly. And it's that cool confidence. Interesting way, yeah, to, mm -hmm. to kind of, kind of pitch that. Yeah, and just really quickly, I know I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go into too much, I promise, but 
I work with people all the time on their energy. And this shows up in a phone call, in the video interview, in your video application if you send one. And it even comes across in the words you use in your cover letter, the way you describe yourself on LinkedIn, and that networking reach out message that you were a little scared to send. Your energy is so palpable from the other end of the screen. And if you are desperate, if you are working from a desperation mode or a lack of belief, it comes through exactly when you send it. So I always use this example. When you're not getting responses from your resume or from your networking messages that you're sending on LinkedIn, and the next one you send is like you're typing the word resentment (laughs) in your mind, and when you hit send, you're like, she's never going to respond. They're never going to hire me. That's exactly what you're going to get. And it's it starts from your energy. So make sure that you do have that cool confidence about you. And that's what I work with people on in my um, signature course at every step of the way is like, okay, let's start inward. And then let's go over the strategies that you can use. Because if I give you the strategies and you are coming from a place of resentment and this is never going to work, guess what? It's never going to (laughs) work. So that's really important. So, as we're wrapping up today, I mean, there, there are so many directions that you've, you've kind of touched on. And so what does a typical day look like really quickly? Mm, oh, I love this question. No one ever asked me this question. Um, so I'm really into Ayurveda. Do you know anything about that? No, I don't. Okay, great. So I'm not going to go too much into it, but Ayurveda is an ancient uh, medicine from India. And basically it works with the mind and the body in in harmony. And it's how to live life with your body and your mind in harmony. So for me personally, I don't know about anyone else out there, I have a very masculine energy. I like to do things. I like to make schedules. I like to get things done. I'm an entrepreneur. That's just how it is. And until I tapped into more of my feminine energy, which is about the process, about uh, fulfillment and about uh, really like creating a life that you, that you enjoy. Um, until I tapped into that, I didn't in love my days. Even though I was working remotely and teaching people how to, I didn't love my days. I, I did kind of briefly mention I went through burnout and that's okay for me to admit because I'm back mm-hmm. <laughs> and I will never go through that again if I can help it. And part of the thing that's helped me is Ayurveda and just looking at the three available to us at any time of day, which is earth, wind, and fire. So with me, I would like to spend my energy. I would like to do activities that are like really fiery and business related and all that. But instead I have to pepper in a lot of that air, a lot of that creativity, kind of high in the sky, give myself time to dream and think and listen to podcasts and not write notes. Just be and be inspired. Um, And then also that really grounded energy um, in Ayurveda, which works with the earth energy, which is take it slow, slow down things, cook food, you know, stop rushing your life and really enjoy it. Read, you know, literally I'm the person who's like, let's go read an inspirational book. And I set a 20 minute timer and I'm like, okay, (laughs) no, just slow down. So my days are really designed on, you know, whatever day when I wake up and I, and whatever I feel like doing, but I make sure I have those three energies in my day. And I would encourage people who are entrepreneurs to look more into what their natural Ayurveda body type is your dosha and then how to have all three energies present in your day so that you don't go through a burnout situation. So from the business side of things, so what do you spend the majority of your time on? 
Mm, so I do a lot of podcast interviews like we're doing now. Um, and I do a lot of like uh, guest trainings on Facebook. I do a lot of uh, community engagement in my own Facebook group, Remote Like Me Community. Mm -hmm. And I am the face of the brand and I'm, and I'm building the message. I just went to New York City to speak uh, in a weekend workshop and I taught all about alignment and energy in your career. It was great. So I'm going to be doing a lot more of those. Um, and I'm more of like the business partnership side. However, it took me a long, long time to get there, guys. Like I was constantly building programs, building my next thing, uh, answering customer service emails. And that's okay if, if you are at that point right now, but just know it's not the end all be all and be where you are right now. And then always be ready for the next level of yourself in your business or in your career and know that you're going to need to up level or let go of some control to get to that point. Uh, but yeah, mostly right now I'm doing CEO type stuff. I'm delegating out to my team and, um, and it's hard. I want to do everything, honestly. Well, <laughs> um, you built I, it. I, I mean, it's down. your baby. I mean, you yeah. know, you, you birthed this baby. And so that, do you have a team there on site or do you, is your team dispersed? No, it's very meta as people have told me, like I'm working remotely, teaching people how to work remote and my team works remotely. It's great. <laughs> so I have uh, a team from all around the world. It makes me so proud because one of the things that I am hell bent on doing is making sure anyone from any country knows their options. And if you are a Balinese woman, I am going to help you go remote. And if you are someone from Africa, I'm going to help you go remote. So it, it always looks a bit different, but it is possible from any country in the world, trust me. And, and my team is just speaks volumes to that. So one of my uh, teammates is in Bali, one of them is in Malta, and the other one is in Guatemala. And we all uh, work remotely and we operate remotely, of course. So if you got internet, you can have internet will travel. Yes, absolutely. You can, you can do it. So mm -hmm. I want to I end on this, uh, this one statement and I want you to, to either give me a thumbs up on it or a thumbs down and tell me if this is, this is true or not. But I, did I hear you at one time say, I am not a digital nomad. I am a remote worker. Yes. Touch yes. on the difference really quickly. So when I started my journey, I had a remote job, but I was a digital nomad and that's what I identified with. And it looked a lot different. I was basically scheduling my days and months of where I could be location-wise, where I could travel, and my accommodation had to have the Wi-Fi and blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm a remote worker in my home, so, so maybe some of the work-from-home people are mm. going to relate more to this, and I have a remote job that allows me to have my lifestyle desires. And whether you're a digital nomad or a work-from-home mom or dad, or whatever your situation may be, I always want to make this clear. A remote job is not going to change you. You're still going to be you. Sorry, but when you get your remote job, you're still going to be you. So your happiness and the things that you do with your life still has to come from you. Yes, you have a remote job now, but that is only the way that you are able to achieve the lifestyle that you mm. want. It doesn't become yeah. you. What a great distinction. What a great distinction. I, I love this story about, you know, go, take, going home and taking care of your grandmother, you know, and because that speaks volumes. I mean, that's, that you could use that as your lead in line for anybody that's considering this say, okay, let me give you, let me paint you a picture, a very personal yes. picture of, of how this, this made all the difference in my life, you know? So yes. I could sit here all night and just ask <laughs> you question after question after question. And, and I, and Thank I you. am serious. We're going to say, okay, we're going to, we're going to have to circle the calendar date and then have her back because 
Um, yeah, I know we too. just, we literally, I just, I just barely uncorked the bottle. I know there's a lot <laughs> more there. So Taylor, I, I can't thank you enough for just taking the time today and just, uh, you know, the things you shared with us and, and just, you know, from the very depth, as I said, the depth of your soul here. Thank you for bearing that. And, and uh, just thank you, you for well. just all the value and, and just the, the, um, you know, very useful and pragmatic and, and practical application that you gave. It's not just information, but it's, it's how, do, how do you actually get there? And yeah, I just I'm encourage so people to, to uh, go to remotelikeme.com and uh, learn more about Taylor and her work. And Taylor, thank you again for just taking the time and just helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Appreciate thank it. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, all guys. Right. Thanks again.